0: It's our quick mini-series on the family. Wanted Godly Fathers, next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. So what does a godly father look like? And where can we go in scripture to get the answers? Well, that second question is pretty easy. Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four. And that's where we'll spend our time today and Monday of next week, looking at Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four, and a godly father, what that looks like, and how you and I as men are called to this. Ladies, what should we look like? Well, today's broadcast is for you as well. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's program of Truth For Today.
1: little break. Last week we looked at uh, an emphasis that even the youth would faint and I shared with you the exit of young people from the evangelical church. uh, 260,000 a year, 712 a day. Uh, 19 after 19 most uh, a good majority of them leave uh, and we never see them unless they come back broken, uh, pregnant, divorced, uh, sometimes diseased. In uh, other words, sin doesn't treat them well. Uh, but they can't wait to get away from the influence of the home and they really get to show if it's their faith or not. Up to the age of 18, uh, if you were born in a Christian home, you were taken to church a lot. If not, of course you're. Uh, it was a, a miracle that you even came during those years. But uh, I wanted to look today at uh, fatherhood and biblically what that looks like because we're in a shattered culture uh, where an endangered species happens to be fathers. Uh, uh, a generation of men that want sex but don't want to be a father. And uh, so they can father many children be the donor, but never raise anyone to maturity, uh, and so being a father uh, is a great privilege, great responsibility, and I challenge you uh, as a father, it's easy to look out here, and some of you, you've already raised your children. You said, man, I'll write this one off. Uh, he can't mess with me. Well, maybe When are you ever not a father once you become one? And uh, we're going to look at three things about a godly father that I challenge you men. I don't want to bash you. I want to challenge you. Uh, Men today are pressured. As I was uh, uh, reading material on the Industrial Revolution, for years a boy grew up around his dad. Uh, on the farm. Uh, Many times it was the pattern for years up to the 1800s that if your dad was a cobbler, you learned to be a cobbler. If your dad was a farmer, you you learned to do what your father did and you fell right in step. The family farm, the family business, all of that. Something happened in the Industrial Revolution. When we started building factories... Uh, people had to leave their home to go to work and if you saw any of the Roosevelt special and you see Teddy Roosevelt trying to pass child labor laws where you cannot work a child 12 to 14 hours a day for less than 50 cents an hour And, and he campaigned for that but imagine in that revolution you leave the farm they start moving to the cities and in that, dad would leave many times before the family ever got up. So he goes to work. He comes home at night after dinner many times. If he got in at seven, six thirty, and he comes home with some hungry, maybe tired children, and so he had little time. There's no recreation, no vacations. Uh, our family knew hardly anything about vacations because my father was in construction work and if you took off, there was not a paid vacation. Never heard of it. No such thing as a paid. You take off, you pay for it, you lose your wages. So, as a whole, work right on through the summer, there's none of this the annual vacation. You work, you work, you work. So in the midst of that, we not only have the men leaving the home, And mom was at home until after World War II and even during World War II, the shipyards for sure magnetized women to go to the workplace. We needed their help. And so they started a trend that is with us to this day that the majority of American homes, if they have a dad and a mom, both work, work at least 40 hours a week. What's interesting? Uh, I've traveled to some other countries. For instance, Germany. They have all kinds of holidays. Holidays. Vacations. Holidays. In America, believe it or not, people are working longer. They have said median income has not gone up. It it has not kept up with inflation. So wages are not much greater. But demands are much greater. We we expect you. uh, I know a man that... uh, uh, as a lawyer, a very successful lawyer, was being beaten out by the young bloods coming into the company. Why? Because he was going home at 7 in the evening, had three sons. And when he was younger, you'd come there, he said many times, lawyers, he was in New York City, they would stay all night. I'm okay. Alright. And so that when the young bloods came up, he started looking bad because he wanted to get home by 7. Isn't that terrible? He's been there since 6, 6.30. You stay all day. You're not a company man. What is a company man? We can, it's not our fault you have three boys. It's not our fault you got children. We want to consume you. Tim reminds me, I used to say to him, how long will PG&E own you? Because we, as, as a board member, being a part of the elders and, and deacons, uh, many a nights, I remember about 7.30, he would drag into an elders meeting, trench coat on, soaking wet, had gone on BART in the morning at 5.30, got out of the city, got home by around 7.30, and then we want him to sit right down, and would you give us a prayerful decision? you got to be kidding. He needed a hot cup of coffee and a bath, and he needed to faint. He didn't need another church activity. And I used to wonder, will God ever set him free? Same with Edwin. We got men in this church. Here's another thing. Volunteerism in the church. You know where much of it is gone? By the time a guy gets his job and gets three kids in sports, there's nothing left to volunteer for. I gotta have my kids in hockey, you know, let's say polo. We gotta do that. I gotta have a kid in ball team. I want my kids to excel and and boom. And what time did you get home? 6 30? What do you mean? Well, we'll grab maybe 20 minutes worth of fast food, hit the road. And now, watch, in this home that you did not have in the biblical world, in this home, I want you to get the feel of what it's like to be an American, an American home. And even guys like me, we did not grow up with this. Now when I'm talking to a child, maybe grandchild, they're texting while I'm talking. What? You're texting? I'm talking to you. I know, but you're boring the daylights out of me. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, not just TV, of which the old statistics were said a person saw about 20,000 hours of TV by the time they left home. Well, oh, kids aren't watching TVs. Oh, what about video? What about computers? What about cell phones? All of this is bringing whose message? God's message or the world's? So the brainwash is constant. Because you've got to have an iPhone and it starts out this way. I want my kids to feel safe. Well, you just gave them an instrument that gives them an automatic entrance to pornography. You just gave them an entrance to all kinds of trash. Oh, well, they can turn it off. Yeah, they could turn it on. Do you think at 15 I'm going to tell my dad I'm looking at naked women? No, 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 no. No, I was smart enough to survive. See, a playboy was a bonus vacation. Now I got it right here. Let's quit being naive and stupid. I hear people say, well, I'll I, I hear them knock Christian schools. Well, I don't want my kid there. I don't want them to be isolated from the world. Don't worry, honey, there's no possibility. The world is penetrated on every front. I heard William Bennett give a line that I preached on, I've not forgotten, that he said, all we're doing with kids today is feeding and clothing. The culture has already kidnapped their soul." It's already stolen their values. They don't have the values of your home necessarily. They have the values of their college, of their peers, of their friends, whatever. So, listen to what Ephesians says. Chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. And all the parents said, Amen. Honor your father and mother... This is the first commandment with a promise. Amen. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Right out of Exodus and Deuteronomy. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Turn over to Colossians, if you will. I don't know what I am doing. It's making it do that. Uh, Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become Discouraged. I want to just consider three things of what I think makes up a godly father to carry out this. It says very little about it in the New Testament because you've got Deuteronomy, you've got Proverbs, uh, they've got all this other sacred scripture. I would say three things that uh, really characterizes a godly father. Number one, the man's heart has been captured by God. He's not just affiliated with the church and he doesn't just drive down here and drop his kids off. God has actually captured his heart. That's number one. Two, uh, he's one who is affectionate about the children God gave him. He doesn't raise his children on this phrase. I can't wait till you leave home. I can't wait till you get out of here. We'll have one less mouth to feed. Your home has an environment that tells your kids you're either welcome, it's good to be there, or it's we can't wait till you get out. Uh, And thirdly, uh, a dad is voted in to be a teacher. He's got to be a teacher. He cannot be passive. Uh, You bring home a little barbarian from the hospital. They don't know Christ. Uh they are have an eternal destiny, and the first evangelists in their life ought to be you and mom. Lois and Eunice led Timothy to the Lord. Lois and Eunice taught him the scriptures. And by the way, women do the majority of the shaping of most children. The women. The man's out in the workplace, whatever. But these women. Through history have been the lifesaver. What's that line? Whoever rocks the cradle, what is it? Rules the world. And so we want to ask ourselves, uh, what does a man with a heart for God look like? And we go to the classic often used passage in Deuteronomy 6. We'll briefly look at it. Turn with me. Deuteronomy 6. The reason it's so important is Israel is getting ready to go into Canaan. There's no schools, no synagogue, no central place of worship. There's nothing but paganism, gross immorality, idolatry. The environment is totally opposed to everything uh, that this people of God are to represent. Uh, And so the issue is how... How can we survive our environment? How can we survive the culture we've been planted into? So, listen to what he says. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is a godly man. He takes God seriously, and his heart is engaged. Now, the struggle we have in our youth groups, many of our kids don't come from godly homes. Gabe Lopez and Manny, they're the only maybe Christian men that some of our young people know. And we can have behavior problems, rowdiness. Can they show up? Because they've never seen the template. They don't know what normal is. They don't know what it looks like. But here he's telling this man that's been delivered from Egypt. You, you must be sure your heart is attuned to God. That he's the one. You're undivided in your heart. And these words I command you to be on your heart. What do you do with them? Now there's the biggest trick. Is getting men not to be passive in church. Not to be affiliated but not in the army. And watch our youth group. And watch our church say you're not doing enough for my kid. We can't replace you. What are you doing? What are you doing? What if we got the worst youth group in the county? So what? You're still dad, aren't you? You're you're feeding them. You're setting rules. You're at the table nightly. They watch how you treat your wife. You have been voted in. The teacher of the year. What are you teaching? What are you modeling? Man, I grew up with small youth groups. I grew up in small churches. If it wasn't for my cousins, I wouldn't hardly have anyone to go to church with. That was my age. Small. I mean, we're talking about five to ten kids. Whoa, that's what made me was those youth groups. You gotta be kidding. What the church was doing was minor compared to the impact of the home. Rich Rollins, his one of his favorite lines here, he said. We're trying to turn the tide, and we can't get the, hope, the home to help us. We're looking at the church. The church is losing them. The church is losing them. You are losing them. They're your kids. They're your children. And it doesn't necessarily mean they'll be saved, but what will they get since God appointed you their parents? Dad, what do you love most, the NFL or God? God. You know how we know what you love? You talk about it. You talk about what you love. And if in your home it's nothing but TV, interference, this, that, shut up, the game's on, this is on, what permeates your home? Watch what he says to do here. It's so um, normal, so, um, it actually looks like it's just natural. These words, I command you, Get them on your heart. And when you get them in your heart, teach them diligently to your children. Oh, I'm not a teacher. I'm a carpenter. Doesn't matter what your vocation is. This is your boy. This is your girl. You teach your children. And talk of them when you sit in your house. Turn off the TV and have a family conversation. dinner together talk life in your house and when you uh, walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise when you go to bed when you get up when you go to the store when you take them to school God is on the agenda you don't plug him in every Sunday and you don't have fried preacher for lunch If you're always down in the church or you don't like some, please don't do it around your kids. Spare them your messed up heart. Spare them. It's hard for them to get excited about something making you miserable. You can't hide it. I don't like the church. I don't like this. Wow. Can't you give them a break? When you walk, don't talk about the church. They didn't even have a church. Talk about the Word of God. Amen. Talk. You find anything wrong with the Word of God? How about talking that? You don't have to brainwash them Valley. We're just another weak, feeble church trying to stay alive in a pagan culture. Just like your home. Huh? Okay. Then he says, so it seems to be... Uh, You know I think many people do. We do family devotions. You know you don't. You watch TV. You take in other media. But here no phones. No interruption. And then he says. You should publish the word of God in your house. It will be seen. Uh, This seems so far fetched. This is 1445 BC. But you know what? Jews still exist on the earth. And they still observe holy holidays. They still have kept their traditions. They still know something about Abraham. They've survived all the years of Gentile anti-Semitism. And they still exist as a people. It is a miracle of divine preservation. I just came back being with a group in Chicago. Jews all over the place. They should have been liquidated. By the treatment of the Gentiles. But they still study Torah. They still know the law. And it's, they've survived not by the school system. But by the home. You have to ask yourself. Will any of my posterity know God? The first thing you do when you come home. Is start evangelizing your child. And I think what you do as soon as you can is, you are a sinner and you need a Savior. I wouldn't trust anybody else to do that if I wasn't doing it. Right? I always wanted to be there when my kids got saved, but God removed me as a hindrance. I got saved always with somebody else. A daughter got saved in a, a club, neighborhood club. My daughter Rebecca was saved with Leanne Williams on a Tuesday night Bible study. Elizabeth accepted Christ on our patio with her mother. I didn't get credit for any of it. Just save them Lord. Save them. Now uh, in that he goes to 1 Thessalonians and he uses a beautiful thing that he describes his love for the Thessalonians and he compares it two ways. I was as gentle with you as a nursing mother, chapter 2, and I engaged with you like a caring father. And the caring father was, I exhorted you and I encouraged you.
0: What family looks like from God's perspective. Our series is called God is Enough, and this is Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. It's our prayer that as you join us on a regular basis, that you become more grounded in God's Word, that you grow in His grace and in His mercy, and that you find yourself living out your life for Christ. If you have questions, comments about the broadcast, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach us at 855- Again, our phone number is 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Please remember also that we are a listener-supported ministry. No gift is too small or too large as you partner with us to continue the ministry here on KFAX. Please consider that as you contact us, and remember also that the series today's broadcast was taken from is available from us for a gift of any amount. Simply ask for God is Enough. It is a three-message set, and we'll get one off to you. Copies of the broadcast today, simply mention the date when you contact us. Again, 855 833-9864, 833 and any amount, again, no gift is too small or no gift is too large, will go directly back into the ministry here at Truth For Today. You can also find out more about us at our website, valleybible.org. We'd love for you to swing by, say hi, drop us an email. Find out more about Valley Bible Church in Hercules, when we meet, and where, and how to get here. Again, it's all at valleybible.org along with the ability to donate securely online and take advantage of the wonderful resources we have available through our store. Again, valleybible.org. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.